Hello again and welcome to the Master's Voice. I'm Celestial and you are welcome to this channel. To old and new subscribers alike, you are very welcome. Please check the drop-down menu below where you can find all information about the channel. If you want to subscribe to the channel, you're very welcome because that will give you access to the community page where I share prophetic insights, where I share where these prophecies have started to come true, where, our, where I share um, writings and other Christian encouragements that the Lord has put on my heart for people to see and to get to know him better. And if you are a new subscriber, I would like to strongly recommend that you look at certain playlists. You can benefit greatly from the repentance playlist. Even if you are an old subscriber, it would always help to go back over those many teachings that the Holy Spirit has brought and opened up here at length about what repentance is, what repentance is not. And you can learn a lot from that playlist. There's also the Russia and China playlist, which is the central theme of this blog. Russia and China was one of the first types of prophecies that the Lord directed me to make into video, even though they are not the first types of prophecies that I was receiving from God. So Russia and China are central to what role the United States will play towards the ends of times. And Russia and China are central to the next few prophecies that I will be making, which revolve around themes of diaspora, which is leaving your country of origin, leaving your country of birth under difficult and imperfect circumstances. And so these prophecies about Russia and China go to the heart of what the master's voice is speaking about. God is addressing America for very particular reasons. And if you're a new subscriber and you've only been following along because of several themes, then you will utterly miss the point of what the Master's Voice Prophecy blog is. The blog is here so that nations can know that God is alive and well and still speaking through chosen vessels that he has brought forward in these final times to speak his mind and bring out the whole of his expression to the nations. So here on the Master's Voice, I am bringing out what God has to say to particular nations and nearly the bulk of everything that I have received, almost 500 prophetic words are directed toward the United States. And so on April 15, I received two prophetic words, and I've already done one of them, and that was called the Iron Pen. In that prophecy, God was saying that the United States will be hit with rockets. In that prophecy, he was saying that America will be abandoned by big and small nations, that she will become isolated. In that prophecy, God was saying that the nation of America will be rejected because the nation of America continues to heap up sin upon sin and lift up the sin of homosexuality and now also transgenderism and also the corruption of youth to the height of heights until it has permeated even into the leadership and the government head. In that prophecy, God was showing that America will be hopeless and helpless, where I said that I saw a massive and horrifying drug pandemic come to this nation, break down the walls of the nation until her sons and her daughters will be taken away, eaten up by terrible sores, taken over by singular madness, being paralyzed and frozen and losing their lives because of increasing dependency on drugs and the destruction that always follows the entry of drugs into that society. The Lord said also that America would have small conflicts and international wars. And of course, he mentioned destruction in the end by Russia and China. 
So here is the second prophetic word that I received immediately after I finished writing that one. This one is called Diaspora, and it's dated April 15, 2023. What the Lord said is this. This is the banner scripture, please. What has been will be again. What has been done will be done again. There is nothing new under the sun. And this is Ecclesiastes chapter 1 and verse 9. So it basically means that all of life is cyclical. All of life is a cycle. What has happened, even though it may be new to a certain group of people, has already happened in the past. And the observer who is best poised to look at the timelessness, the ebb and flow of human events, is God. Because God does not age or die or grow old, or change. He is immortal and he is outside of time. He is, that's what the scripture is saying if you really study it. He is saying that he is the best observer of what has been and he is best poised to know when certain events or a certain type of theme or a certain type of happenstance comes again in the earth. But as people rise and fall, as the generations, the civilizations and societies rise and fall, things that have happened in the past may be brand new to a group of people, but they are not brand new to God. What will happen if things from the past come back into the future, but because you do not understand the cyclical nature of events, and you also do not understand that God is poised above and outside of human, human life, human society, human ebb and flow. He has the perfect vantage point from where he sits. What would happen when people do not understand that things that have passed before do come back and that seeds that are sown before do sprout later in the generations? They might think it unfair when they see events of the past coming back. But God, who is the perfectly, perfectly balanced, just, and fair observer, does not think these things. And so, on the night of April 14, I was falling asleep. And just when I was going to bed, the Lord told me to read Jeremiah chapter 40. But I was tired. And so, when I woke up, I read it as the first thing that I did for morning devotion. I was reading it and I was evaluating the passage and looking at everything in the passage and trying to understand what it is that God is showing me, even though certain parts of it I got instantly. And then the Lord gave me this message. Please listen. I will scatter them from before my face, for there is nothing new under the sun. And I just read that, Ecclesiastes 1.9. What has been will be again. What has been done will be done again. There is nothing new under the sun. So God says he will scatter the people of the nation of America from before him, for there is nothing new under the sun. I will drive them from this land just like they drove my people and scatter them to the four winds as a punishment for the abominations that have been committed in the land. Tell them that they will be scattered to the four winds and my spirit will chase them out of this nation. They will remove them to bonded captivity to serve their enemies in a land they do not know. They will be made to labor in brick and mortar the same way my people made bricks for the Egyptians. And a curse will come upon this land so that whoever dwells here will be under hard judgments 
for remaining in a cursed and abandoned territory. Now, there are a lot of scriptures that go along with everything that God is saying here. And if I added them into the video, the video will become very long. And so I will make a separate video in which I will bring out all the scriptures that support all the many times that the Lord has spoken of scattering for those who are here in the United States, for all the times that God has spoken of bonded captivity, which is a particular type of difficult captivity where you don't live like Daniel, Meshach, Shadrach, and Ezekiel and the rest of them live when they take you captive, whereby you get to have your own house and you get to be like um, Esther and Mordecai. They had their own home. They were part of the society in Babylon where they had been taken because it was a very long captivity that they were taken into. And so it is not that kind of captivity where you are allowed to pursue some kind of life. And like Jeremiah spoke to the captives in Jeremiah chapter 29, where he said to them, you know, the Lord says to build houses for yourself and to take sons for your daughters, take wives for your sons and, and husbands for your daughters and build and settle in because it will be a very long captivity that you are in. 70 years were accounted and Daniel the faithful scribe was watching over the passage of those 70 years to know when the judgment was up. Bonded captivity is a different kind of captivity where you are taken to do very hard labor. The prophetic word that the Lord brought in the past spoke of the fact that there will be gulags that people who are taking prisoner in this captivity will work in. A gulag is a heinous type of prison camp that I think is synonymous with Russia. I think that that is their word for a prison camp in which you work unreasonable hours, you work unreasonable amounts of work, you work until your body can't take it. They, me they methodically feed less. They give you less food than is needed to keep the body at optimal strength. So much like the slaves in Egypt, the Hebrew slaves in Egypt, you are weary all the time. You are tired all the time. You are you are weak all the time, and yet you are still expected to meet a particular quota of work. Bonded servitude, it has no starting date. Basically, they're not going to mark a calendar when you get there. It has no ending date. It is a continuous type of captivity whereby the captors don't mind to mark time because they will simply replace those who pass away with fresh captives. And that is the type of slavery that the United States had here in the past. The Lord told me that when I'm handling these matters, he kept saying to me, Celestial, make sure to tell them everything that I told you. And so many of these things are not written down. They are from my personal notes where the Lord has been leading me into the understanding. Certain things I was just not able to go and research because my heart was just not able to take it. But many things he would speak to me. And one of the things that he said is that this kind of captivity is captivity that has no beginning and no end. It is continuous because the captors see that they have a place from which to draw an endless amount of workers. So nations that were involved in slavery in the old days simply kept going back to the place that was the original cache and capturing and capturing and bringing the people into slavery. And so as I go through this prophecy, explaining the things that I saw that lead into the title that the Lord gave diaspora, this one word, I am going to be bringing and interweaving into it things that the Lord has said to me and told me when you speak these things, do not leave it out. 
Do not leave out anything that I have told you. And one of the things that God has told me is that America is extremely rebellious. America has no accepting heart when the Lord God is speaking to her. America has this stunted way of viewing prophetic truth. She thinks that the prophetic lens is like the human lens in the eye which is not as good as the lens, for instance, in an eagle's eye. An eagle can see an incredible distance. Elephants can see pretty well. No, not elephants, but hawks, I think, can see pretty well. Vultures also, as scavengers, can see pretty well. So there's a lot of animals in the animal kingdom that have amazing lenses in their eye, and they have very long-range sight. We, as human beings, just by knowing that we have to turn our head because we're limited by peripheral vision, should understand that we are limited in other ways. Our hearts are limited. Our minds are limited. We cannot understand the deeper truths of an immortal God who is an everlasting witness in heaven unless his spirit gives us understanding. But the Lord says that this nation is extremely short-sighted. And the way she approaches his discourse, his expression of himself, his conversation is to use a measuring stick that comes from inside her short-sighted eye. What do I see? And how do I feel about what I hear? And then based on those carnal, limited human measurements, people attempt to handle things that are coming from far beyond myself, me, Celestial, sitting here. And therefore, the listeners of many of the prophecies, no matter what they are talking about, continue to miss the mark, not because they overshoot in understanding, but because they fall far short one of the things that God says that is signature of America's rebellion is that whenever he brings this prophetic word concerning slavery, people begin to point to Britain and they begin to point to the Arab nations and they begin to point here and there. And one of the things that the Lord has instructed me to say today is tell them that I am not talking about Great Britain. Tell them that I am not talking about the Germans. I am not talking about the Belgians. I am not talking about Spain, and I am not talking about Portugal. He said that this prophecy is directed towards the United States of America, which has the distinction of being the only ones, he said, who fought to keep institutionalized slavery alive. So people will point to one team and say, yes, but this team was trying to end it, and they will conveniently leave out that even though other international nations had at last come to their senses concerning the heinousness of their actions towards people in Africa, America was the only one that armored up and went out to defend her rights to keep a people group in subjugation without limit. And this is why everything that has been done will be done again and the punishment to come will be without limit. Most of the time when God judges in the Old Testament, he will set a period of years. If you study the book of Judges properly, it usually is between a period of 20 to 40 years, depending on the heinousness of crimes. And whenever God would allow punishment to come to them, they were not taken captive once, they were taken captive more than once. Never once did the Lord say to them, that he was judging them and allowing them to be taken, in, taken into bonded servitude to foreign masters taken across borders. He never once told 
Israel that he was doing it because they would burn down other cities or they would take people captive or anything like that. He told them that they were going to be forced to serve their enemies in foreign lands because they were rebellious, because they knew the God of heaven and they lived as if they were children of hell, because they had received the commandments of God and were strongly told by Moses and all their prophets to live as holy people, but they constantly went a whoring in their hearts first by lusting after other cultures and lusting after other things that had nothing to do with them being called as God's holy people. And always God would allow allow their enemies to break into their borders, to destroy them by very long sieges that sometimes had them starving until they ate their children, just as their self-same prophets told them, and then carry them naked and barefoot into captivity But God always put an end, an end date on their punishment. And he also would say that after you have been punished, I will punish the proud heart of the king of Assyria, or I will punish here and there. God would extend favor through the leaders of those times, and the leaders would eventually let Israel go. This is God's normal behavior with those that he loves, and God has greatly loved the United States of America. God has given America every single blessing that a nation could want. And these are not my words. These are words that have been repeated over and over and over in the prophecy that I gave you favor. I gave you the sun. I gave you the rain. I gave you influence. I gave you power. I gave you greatness. I made you a beautiful nation. And always he will say, You rejected me. You rebelled against me. You went a whoring after other gods. You threw open the borders and you accepted every type of false religion to come and settle here. You did not maintain the standard nor the integrity that I gave you. Israel was never told that she was being made slaves because she was a slaver. Israel was told that you are whorishly running after other gods to provoke my eyes to jealousy, and you are a rebellious and hardened nation. Moses warned them what would happen to them, and it fell upon them in its entirety more than once in Bible history. And the Lord is saying to the United States of America, what has been will be again. I began to count the prophecies. I've always said in videos that if people want to check the veracity of these prophecies and make sure that I'm not just doing some um, relaxed writing at my house, I've always said that you can go back and I've got four or five prophecies. But today when I was searching for um, the prophecies to link into this video, I stopped counting once I passed 10. I was surprised to find that I have so many prophecies in which God will handle different matters, and then he will just have a paragraph or a sentence. And so either in this video or one of the videos that will come up, because there are at least three to do on this topic, I will go back to those other prophecies and I will read the messages that I have received from the Lord that I covered years back in 2020, in 2020, in 2021, in 2019, where this theme was coming again and again. And so God says he will scatter the people from this nation and he will drive them out just like they drove his people, scattering to the four winds as punishment 
for abominations that have been committed in the land. And how many abominations have I covered? The Lord says that for the sin of the 60 million or 50-something-plus million children that have been aborted here, he will never remove judgment from on America. He says for pedophilia, for bestiality, for rebellion, for homosexuality, for lifting the pride flag up to the heavens itself, for murder, for human trafficking, for making snuff fills and killing people on camera, for seeding the food with waste, such as blood and fecal matter, which he says is put into the food supply and then is served to an unsuspecting public. And this is why people sicken so much, as well as blood sports, which is hunting live human beings in this nation, as well as setting up sex trafficking houses that the wealthy and the rich and those who have the pocket to reach for that kind of entertainment can go and ease their frustrations. And there are horrific things that happen in those houses. Florida is one of those places that has those houses. Tennessee, I saw New Orleans, I saw that these big antebellum mansions that you think are sitting there are just, oh, it's a, it's a rich old lady's house or something like that. It's filled with undeniable horrors for the unspeakable things that happen to children here. The fact that children are methodically beaten, starved, raped, cursed, thrown out in the streets and mistreated, as well as the unspeakable things that children do here, where the Lord had to bring a prophecy titled, the next generation inherits nothing, where God says that the children of America are a complete write-off, that even from their little ages, he says, the children have knowing eyes, which he explained to me means that inside the hearts of the youth of this nation, these children know things and have seen things either because they lust and look after it or because adults have introduced them to it too early. The children have lost innocence and God says it is very hard to find a pure child here, as well as ancestral sins, the spilling of Native American blood and African American blood that God says nothing can atone for it, as well as untold levels of sexual immorality. Part of the reason that the, that the slavery will come is simply because God says America cannot keep her clothes on and therefore... I have said this in many old videos, so there is no need to belabor the points. You will be naked in front of who you do not want to be naked in front of. He said, for fornication, adultery, pedophilia, homosexuality, lesbianism, bestiality, and all the other forms of sexual immorality that I have been forced to look at and detail over these four lengthy years that have taken their toll on me it has culminated at what I am speaking of now, that North Korea and South Korea and Japan and Ukraine and Taiwan and Russia and China and other allies from the post-Soviet states are going to form an alliance that this time the Western nations will not beat and they will come to this country and take people captive I just brought a prophecy not even two months ago where God says, I will bring you to the borders of your lands and I will judge you. And then Russia will carry you beyond the Euphrates. Russia doesn't live on the side of Euphrates next to us. They live on the other side of it, which is why when they had to, when they tried to invade Ukraine, they had to cross that river. 
that the Bible says will dry up in the end times to make way for the kings of the East. God says that America will be carried to the borders of her lands and that will be her judgment. And then she will go in ships to serve her enemies. And I have been saying these things on camera for a very long time now that I saw in the prophecy that is called America in Chains, a shocking vision, a half naked, three quarters naked America. The flag had been torn as if a wild animal had attacked that flag. It was in tatters and shreds, but that was all America had to cover herself. And yet in the earlier part of that vision, God dressed her in finery and made her gorgeous. She was represented as a beautiful woman and she was sitting and she was singing songs of love to the Lord. But then she became whorish and she was attacked. Whatever attacked her tore that flag to tatters and she was trying to hold it around herself. And I saw two captains get off the boat, both dark haired men. One of them was Russia and the other man was China. And they came and they shackled this blonde woman on her wrists and they took her to the edge of the sea. And she was trying desperately with her hands to keep that tattered flag around her. And Jesus Christ was standing there as tall as a mountain. I saw him at the beach. He was standing there and he had no expression on his face whatsoever. No remorse, no sorrow, no grief, nothing. He simply stood there impassive as rock. And America was taken to the edge of the sea. And then as they were moving her to put her on that boat, the last pieces of the flag flew away and she went stark naked on that boat. And I said that I have never seen such a thing. The Lord had never revealed to me the depth of his gross wound and his frustration with this country. I said it never, it never would have occurred to me in a million years that slavery can come into the modern era with all the pacts with all the international laws, with all the treaties and the Geneva Convention and the United Nations sitting right there. And as time went by and the Lord would flesh out his reasons for this prophecy, which I have already given, he would say that when these times come upon the United States, not even NATO will raise a finger to help this country. He said no one at that time will be willing to risk the wrath of Russia and China as they will be in the future. And so the Lord said, and there's a prophecy to that effect, it's called to the four corners, where it basically described that America will be taken, Americans will be taken to the four corners um, of the world, some fleeing and also being shipped off by these slaver nations. He said, my spirit will chase them out of this country and take them, they will remove them. Remove them means that you will come out of the borders of what is traditionally your space to go to bonded captivity to serve their enemies in a land that they do not know. And they will be forced to labor in brick and mortar. Brick and mortar means hard work. God showed me in um, the old prophecies that this will be basically building whatever, excuse me, please, building whatever the Russians and the Chinese need built roads or buildings or schools or whatever people will have to work that work. The Lord says as hard as the work 
that the Israelites were making bricks for the Egyptians. And he said that this land will become cursed. And I've spoken of it many times where I said that unclean things will come here. First of all, the land will become extremely overgrown. Unclean things will be living here. Demons will be manifesting here and things of that nature. And he says that whosoever will stay in this land will be coming under hard judgments for remaining in a cursed and abandoned territory. So this also, I was saying, is a difficulty when you are prophesying long ago decided things to a society that is not learned in the Bible, when, when you don't actually know history, even, even old modern history, like what the Greeks used to do and what the Goths, the Visigoths used to do and what the Romans used to do, then you will be at the mercy of your limited study and your limited understanding because you will just be thinking, no, but we have weapons and we have international laws and rules. And you don't understand that we are going back into a time that is exactly like the Old Testament. The times that we are going into are exactly like the Old Testament. If you have seen me sitting here and prophesying that humanity is going to be forced to live with hybrids in the old days, Noah lived with hybrids. Noah lived with people who went to the general market that had wings on their back. And Noah just had to turn his face away and pretend that he couldn't see the fallen angels there with their human wives deciding what potatoes to get for dinner. Noah lived in a blended society. And this is the old, old, old ancient world. So you hear prophecies here. And by the grace of God, if you haven't put together how God introduced this message. What has been will be again. What has been done? Hybrid experiments that had um, half man and half creature that gave birth to people like Hercules. These legends are true. What was done will be done again. And we will be back in the past, but I guess we will just have Wi-Fi this time. Just a moment, please. So the past will come to life again, and we will be living in those times. And so it is difficult if you don't know how people used to do those things, but they would come and they would take the best of the best from the society when they were taking a people captive. So in those days, you do the war, and then whoever loses, it is a normal part of the captivity process to take the skilled people, to take the historians, to take the artisans. This is the people who can build things, the people who can paint, the craftsmen, the tradesmen, all of them, the merchants, everybody who is learned, everybody who is studied, everybody who has a skill, you take them into captivity. And I have stated here many times that when they capture people here, in addition to making them na naked as a humiliation process, they will ask people what are your skills? What were you before America lost this war? And then you say, I was an accountant or I was a construction worker or I know how to build roads or this and that. They will ask you this because they are seeking for useful people to be able to put to work in their societies. And with the women, it will be particularly difficult because what they are looking for is people to populate those sex brothels that I have been talking about with great difficulty for many years. Women who don't keep their clothes on, it doesn't matter what race you are. If you are promiscuous and you are not getting out of that lifestyle of just sleeping around, multiplying men, 
God says that you will go and ply your skills in that place. You will go and ply your skills in that place. And so that is what I saw, that they searched among people for the skilled to take them to do these different types of work that they had. And this is what he is saying, that only a few, whoever stays here, will be living under hard judgments because the territory will be cursed and abandoned. And in the old days, they only used to live, leave the old people and very young children who they know, if we take these ones and start marching them hundreds, hundreds of miles to our city center, they're going to die on the way. And then we're just going to be stuck burying old people and, and disabled people. So they would leave them and they would take all the Daniels and the Meshachs and, and the Mordecais, and they would take them and bundle them up and carry them away. And the Lord said that Babylon which is what he calls America, who keeps insisting that she is not mystery Babylon, as if she gets to set the pace and not the person who is judging her, who is Jesus Christ. Babylon will become a haunt for the owl, the hooting owl, the nighttime creatures. She will be a land that conquerors take over and plow with salt. Nothing good will grow here because she is a cursed place and she will fulfill her place in my book, the place that America can find herself is Revelation chapter 17, Revelation chapter 18, and to a great extent, also Revelation chapter 13. For Revelation chapter 13 is talking about the rise and the kingdom of the beast. Revelation 17 is talking about the harlot who rides on the back of the beast, who is Mystery Babylon, with the blasphemous names on her forehead, clothed in purple and scarlet, riding on the back of a creature that she does not know is more dangerous than sin itself. Basically, Satan... And Revelation 18 is where she finally gets her judgment, all her plagues hitting her in one hour, as the Bible says, becoming a haunt for the owl, the hooting owl, the nighttime creatures, basically means that the land falls to severely visible and demonic creatures. We have talked about the coming of Nephilim, the coming of uh, fallen ones that will reveal themselves. If nowhere else, God says, we will see that mothership in the sky over New York City, and it will hang over every major city of the world. But here will be the epicenter of these creatures revealing themselves. The Lord says that Babylon will be a land that conquerors take over and plow with salt. In the old days when you were beaten in battle, what they would do is they would sack the city, meaning that they would get their huge battering rams and they would smash buildings at the foundation to make them fall. They would get those huge catapults that have um, rocks or sometimes just buckets, buckets of oil that have been lit on fire or pitch, which is the kind of stuff that we put on the roads and they would light it with fire and then throw it everywhere burn the place to ash, and then they would go to everywhere that is agricultural because it was all agriculture that those societies depended on back then. They weren't mechanized that much or anything like that. They would go and they would dig up the soil and pour salt everywhere. And it takes years to get salt, especially the bitter kind, not table salt. There's this abrasive kind of salt, sort of like what we put on the roads quarry salt that is not treated or anything for human use. They would sow all the planting areas with this salt. And then even if you decided to stay back in that land, even if they left you there, 
you could not live there because you could not grow anything. It takes many, many years for rainfall to leach salt out to where it will not kill anything that you plant. Now, when the Lord is saying that a place is abandoned and cursed, that means that as part of the judgment, he's not sending any rain. So that salt will just sit there and the land is effectively useless. And it is known that sowing a land with salt is the final harshness of a conqueror to the conquered. The Lord says, they created for my people a sore wound that can never be healed. And that wound is upon me also. I am angry for their hurt. I am touched with their anger. I am disturbed by their pain. I will answer for their injustices. I am the Lord. I am alone. Besides me, there is no other. And this could not be clearer that God says that the blow America struck, the African Americans, the blow that God, that America struck the native Americans is a wound that can never be healed. I will read one of these prophecies where God was giving details of what they did to little children and how women preferred to kill themselves than to have the overseer or the whoever, the master's son or their master himself, touch them again. So he says this wound where families were separated and never saw children again, this wound where husbands watched their wives being ravished in front of them and could do nothing about it. They had to suck their anger up. And I'm sure you understand that after that is done, a marriage is destroyed because the man just cannot get rid, that, rid of that image. Um, the practice of selling off little children, the practice of sexually molesting little children, the practice of making people work until the strength left their bodies and they died. God says that when that wound was struck, on his people, it was upon him also. Their wound is upon me also. I am angered for their hurt. I am touched by their anger. I am disturbed by their pain. I will answer for their injustices. I am the Lord, I am alone. Beside me, there is no other. And in the prophecy that says um, to the four corners, I heard I was, it was like I was giving a TED talk and there was a voice that was basically doing the TED talk. So it, it, it seemed that the voice was just talking and using me and the voice was speaking of the injustices that African-Americans and Native Americans have faced traditionally and even now. So I saw them spraying people. Uh, I think it was the civil rights era where they were spraying people with the water sprays and the dogs were being loosed on them and the segregation and the discrimination that came that these people lived through for such a long time. This thing is demoralizing. It breaks down the mental acuity of a people. It breaks down the psyche. And God was saying in that prophecy that even the police injustices of taking lives, he will answer for all these things. So it is either that people believe that this is just a hot take on topics that divide America and think that it is a now matter. Or as I said in the beginning of the video, there is an independent observer whose name is not celestial that is expressing himself and expects to be regarded. So I will answer for the past. I will serve America a deep 
wound. She will be humbled with slavery. Tell her, I said, bonded servitude, which is to serve her enemies with rigor in a foreign land until the dust of mourning settles in her eyes that she will never see her homeland again. As Israel died in the captivity of Egypt and Moses could only rescue a few, so the United States of America will die in the Russian slave camps and the brothels and the workmen cities that the Chinese have built for them. And so this slavery that is coming is to humble a nation that refused to humble herself before God. And as you listen, you may say, but Celestial, the Bible says, if my people, I've already made a video, I think it's over a year ago now, where the Lord says that this verse does not apply in this situation because the majority of people will never repent. Even when they hear this word, here is the thing, they may be touched with fear, but repentance is a place that is far deeper than fear. So when we we hear any kind of news that throws us for a loop or that is frightening or that is hard to bear. Yes, we feel fear, but let's say that the fear is here. Repentance is here. Repentance is not when you feel sorry for yourself or when you feel scared or when you feel anything. Repentance is when you are actually touched with genuine acceptance that a law of God has been broken and you want to make amends with God for that. The difficulty with this issue, as I have said in multiple prophecies, is that people will hear that the young ones of America have lost their lives and they will be touched with fear and they will also be touched with remorse and enter into a place of prayer. They will hear that the children are trancing and they will say, it is true. We have let these children run wild and now they are like tumbleweeds who want to be with their same gender and they will be touched with the grief of what this means as a people. But when the Lord brings up the issue of African Americans and Native Americans, people say it is an old story. People say it's time that we moved on from this. And here is the owner of these two peoples saying that he will not move on from it, that it is a wound that continues to fester. And part of the reason that it's festering is because men continue to discuss it at this level and only a few go here. In the last prophecy, the Lord was saying to ask, ask them if they have never heard of generational iniquity. Ask them if they have never read in my word that the fathers ate the sour grapes and the children's teeth is set on air on edge. So if we examine this matter, the fathers ate the sour grapes. They sinned against the Lord. They departed from his commandments. And so he let them bundle them on ships and take them into servitude. And they have been serving their punishment. But now when the other fathers who did the shipping ate those sour grapes of shipping, the descendants say, why should our teeth be shut on edge? And so they cannot enter into the place of remorse for what runs in the bloodlines of this nation. And it is not, please excuse the noise, it is not my job to do the work of convincing. There is not enough strength in one person to say that until a heart is cut, repentance is not genuine. And until repentance is genuine, there can be no forgiveness. And therefore, the wound remains and I'm simply reading out from the one who is wounded what he has to say. He says that hard labor will be done in foreign lands and the dust of mourning will settle in the, the eyes of America for she will never see her land again. And as the Lord was saying this, I saw a person 
the first person that I saw was a black person who was working in the fields. So this person, I mentioned it in, I think, just one or two videos ago. The black person was working in the fields. It was a mother and a young black woman came. She appeared in the field, the edges of the field, and she began to approach. So I don't know if she was maybe a free black person or what, but she appeared. And when the woman looked up, the woman had so much sweat in her eyes from working on this plantation that she could hardly see. So her eyes were dimmed because of the heat and the sweat and also the dust of the work that she was doing. But she looked upon this young woman and instantly her heart thought, could that be my child? Could that be my child? And the understanding the Lord gave me is that this is what slaves live with. Every young boy that they saw could have been their son. Every young girl that they saw could have been their daughter. And then I also saw people working in, it could have been Russia, it could have been China, and they were working and they were breaking stones. And as they were breaking stones, the dust was just flying, flying, flying. And the dust was mixing with sweat in this person's eyes. And the person was looking up, but the person was not looking up to see another person approaching. This person was looking up towards America. So they were looking in the direction of America with deep, brokenhearted longing, as if to say, will I never see my home again? And so that is the vision that the Lord showed me and said that Israel died in great numbers in captivity of Egypt and Moses only got a few out. And so the same will happen to the United States in the camps of Russia, the brothels and the empty dormitory cities that the Chinese have made. And then he said, tell them you will live under foreign rulership. You that flees, you that survives. If you escape from the land of the Chaldees, the land of the Chaldees is just another word for Babylon. If you escape from the land of the Chaldees, you will still live under a foreign government and be subservient to them. You will obey their governments. You will respect their laws. No longer will the might of the cannon support you. You will be a wingless eagle in a foreign land, and you shall learn humility in the years that are ahead. You will become docile and quiet, and the pain of judgment will remain with you as you see what will become of your homeland. And so I'm not going to pretend to anyone here that this is not a harsh judgment. This is the harshest. I have read a lot of God's judgments against ancient Israel. I have read a lot of his judgments against the Moabites, the Ammonites, the Hittites, and so many other. This is as epic a judgment in these modern times as I have ever read from the pictures, from the pages of scripture. God says to live under foreign rulership, whoever managed to run away. So diaspora, I've covered it already that many people will flee. Many people will flee here because of economic hardships. Many people will flee because they have common sense and they're already making their plans. They don't know anything about celestial. They can just see which way the wind is blowing with the US dollar and they are making plans to divest, disinvest and take their children and their investments, their money, whatever they can transfer and go and live in foreign countries. And so there are people, God has always said, who will do this at their leisure and they will still have to watch what happens in the end because this is the age and media of TV. And the Lord says when these kinds of things are happening, the foreign news agencies will be covering it in real time shock to see what happens here. But he says that whoever 
will stay until it gets to the point of fleeing. Whoever survives, he says, if you escape, you will still live under foreign governments and you will serve them. You will be subservient to them. You will have to obey these foreign governments and you will have to respect the laws of other countries. And um, he says, no longer will the might of the canon support you. So the might of the canon is the presence of the American military might, the presence of U.S. bases in so many nations around the world, the presence of U.S. embassies, diplomatic missions, um, the cultural attaches, the, the U.S. presence that is basically um, covering the whole world like a girdle. It will not be there. God says that the might of the canon won't keep you and you will be a wingless eagle in a foreign land, learning humility in the years that are ahead. You will be docile and quiet, and the pain of this judgment will stay with you as you see what becomes of your home. And I used to say in the old prophecies that God said that part of America's punishment will be to be in foreign countries, already in diaspora, or those who manage to run away to Canada or South America, and then those people will ask, what did you do to anger God so much? And that is because in the minds of foreign countries, this is a Christian nation. That is what they think. God disagrees with that assessment, but that is what they think. And so people will ask, just like the Old Testament, when they asked Israel, when they went into diaspora, what did you do to anger God so much? That is one of the lessons that I saw in Jeremiah 40, which the Lord told me to read on April 14. And then I read it early in the morning. The the head of the army has a difficult name that is almost like Nebuchadnezzar, but not quite. The head of the army, when he said to Jeremiah, the prophet, before he let him go, before he told him, you know, I'm not taking you, I'm not going to take you into the captivity. You can go wherever you like and go and live where you like. He said to him, your God told you that we were coming. Please listen. Your God told you that we were coming and your God gave you specific instructions to submit to us, but you did not. So Jeremiah had done his job to warn that the people were coming. And Jeremiah also did his job because God told them, do not resist these people when they come. Acquiesce to their demand or submit, but they did not. They put the people through so many years of siege that when they finally broke through, they were merciless. They killed so many people in the city just as the start of expressing how upset they were. So they killed so many people when they finally came in and then rounded up everybody else and stripped them naked and marched them off into captivity. So this man was basically saying, you had the prophecy in front of you. You were told what to do and you did not do it. These were not people who were God-fearing, but in those days, as I've often said here, everybody knew what prophecy was and everybody knew how to respond, whether it was God's nation or foreign nations. And so as I was receiving this message from the Lord, I began to see people running quickly out of America, every nationality and every color of person fleeing this nation. And it was so many people until it began to look like pebbles rolling on the beach under the influence of the tide, just moving here and there. It was helter-skelter running, and it was impossible to tell 
who was native born, meaning different nationalities, different countries, but second generation, meaning born here, or who is native born American, who is from Africa, Europe, Asia, South America, Australia. I could not tell looking at the mass of people who was a transplant from another country, who had come for work, who had come for asylum, who had come by marriage, who was illegal or not. People simply fled. They scattered across the map of America in all directions so that God put the map like this. And then there were curving arrows bending out of the country like the leaves of a palm tree. They ran as if a fire was after them. And indeed, as I saw this vision, the Lord said, I am the fire. I will drive them out back to their homelands and Americans will run with them. The next thing I saw were, was Americans sitting in many foreign destinations, learning how to live there, live there and adapt. Some people chose to go to countries that are very similar to the United States. So the first pick is Canada and the next pick is all the different nations in Europe and then I guess Australia and things like that. But I saw that many people ended up in places that are nothing like the United States. And I saw that they had trouble living no matter where they were. So whether they went to a part of the world that is very similar to living here with all the amenities and all the no language barrier or anything like that, or just the same Western style of living, or whether they went to completely unexpected places, they had trouble living in those places. Trouble learning how to live as a foreigner. Trouble learning how to obey the laws of that place. Trouble learning how to change how they are to fit in with where they were now. Just a moment, please. The places that I saw people go to that were extremely unorthodox were Papua New Guinea, Guatemala, Guam, Puerto Rico, Istanbul, Constantinople, Beirut, and Africa. So the only place that I had an understanding in my heart because it was so puzzling to me was Beirut. I saw uh, two Americans. I saw a couple. I would say they were about maybe early 50s, still fairly young. And they were dressed in white because of the heat. The man and his wife dressed in white, loose clothing. And they were sitting at a cafe table. And they had this, you know, these small little cups of the bitter coffee. The word escapes me now. That, that extremely strong coffee that people favor in that place that can just keep you awake for hours. They had two little cups of that and they were going through the menu trying to figure out what they were eating, but it was a very subdued kind of way that they were. So they were not boisterous. They were not overly talkative. They were trying not to draw any attention to themselves in this country. And they were just trying quietly sitting, I guess, trying to have a meal. And so as I was wondering at this part, at seeing Americans turned foreigner all over the world, um, I've been speaking about this thing, saying many times that I saw people running under pressure to foreign borders, just basically scattering. And in some places where they went, they were instantly received, they were instantly helped. And people in those, in those countries were more than willing to receive them. And one of those places that God showed me will be Mexico, but others... In other countries, people were 
very much focused on comeuppance. And so they were not interested in receiving Americans. They stamped rejected in the passports. They denied them entry. They sent them back on the planes to, I guess, back to America or back to, please, Lord, the middle passage, the place where you stop, the transit destination. Yes, they sent them back to those places and then they had to go back to those places. The ticket was wasted and then they had to figure out where we can't live in this airport where do we go and how do we minimize, you know, wasting further funds? So these are the kinds of things that will happen, I guess, to people who do not more take these prophecies seriously and just think that um, it's possible that I'm just sitting here and saying a bunch of stuff just because I have nothing better to do. And so God said, as I was wondering at how an entire nation of so many people turned foreigner, he said, it is hard when you lack the might of the cannon and it is difficult when you go to foreign lands without the power of the hammer see and then i began to see pictures and here is what i saw i saw and god was putting the knowledge in my heart now when americans leave america and go overseas they are very much fearless so it's basically we want to go here let's plan it out let's get the travel agent on board or let's get these tickets and let's get moving people organize things for themselves and then they go and they are fearless they just step on the plane and they go even if they want to go to just some jungle place and they just take a little backpack with them and some bug spray and and whatever and they go and they're fearless because he was putting here that people know that the might of this government is with them. Th this government is known all over the world. There's not a soul on planet Earth that does not know America and that cannot distinctively recognize an American from a billion miles away. And so people know that the might, the knowledge, the power and the influence of the government is with them. And so they go anywhere. And he was showing me a journalist will willingly go to a civil war zone. So I saw a man who had gone and was, you know, lying on the ground next to, I guess, people in the bush covering a war. And he had his camera and, you know, he was excitedly taking pictures with these people who have their weapons and are thinking, how do we shoot the other people? But this man was just interested about being in the midst of the thing to get the true story. And this man felt nothing could touch him in, even in the midst of another country's conflict. He just felt fearless. Like they're not going to touch me because I'm not one of the rebels in anything. You know, I'm not part of this conflict. He felt they won't take him hostage. And even if they do, this man was confident that he would be set free because he is an American. People have this inbuilt confidence that the government will take care of them. There is a solid belief that once people know you're American, they'll correct themselves and they'll do the right thing. The other thing I saw is the reason for so many U.S. embassies worldwide. It seemed from the way God was showing it is that there's an embassy or a diplomatic body of the U.S. everywhere. God was showing me that this provides a zone of autonomy on foreign soil for Americans to come and receive the same kind of protection, the same kind of assistance, the same kind of defense as if they were back home and people depend on that. So I saw a map with little buildings. So these little buildings began to go pop, 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 all over the map. And then a little toothpick would come off the building with a tiny U.S. flag. So the buildings came up first, pop, 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 in different countries, sometimes more than one U.S. consulate or embassy in one country. And then the little 
the toothpick would come out and then the little flag. And that's what God was showing me of how widespread the power and influence of the United States is. And then the next thing I saw was a picture of a housewife. I didn't say a corporate CEO. I didn't say a diplomat. I didn't say anything like that. I said a housewife, not an ambassador or a cultural attache. She was a housewife. She had pink curlers in her hair and she was busy jacking up a foreign official in some country. And this is what this woman said. She said, do you know who I am? Do you know who I am? I'm an American is what I am. And you better get somebody down here who can straighten all this out. So I don't know what had happened, but she was speaking to a black man in some country. And from his face, I could tell that this official was angry and embarrassed. He was angry at being spoken of in this way. He was a grown man. He was at his job, which means he was in his space of authority. And here was this woman who was not even properly presented. She had pink curlers in her hair. She was not dressed up, but she was telling this man that he better do what he needs to do to make it right because she's American and he better fix the situation and fast. However, as much as this situation should not be, that this man should be embarrassed at his job. He felt uncertainty and fear because he didn't know who this woman is connected to, or he didn't know how it could all come down on his head later. So I saw that he picked up the phone and he called his superior to please come down and handle the angry woman. I saw how America has long arms of the law that reach into almost all territories and everyone knows and respects those arms. Therefore, as long as those arms are active, her people abroad can do no wrong. But then the last thing that the Lord showed me was now U.S. citizens sitting in foreign countries, quiet, and in some cases, quietly fearful. The tone of the visions changed. And I saw that the United States government began to have problems of its own at home. So there were um, political infighting and backstabbing that will eventually lead to civil war. And I saw that once these things begin, America will lose the financial capacity to be able to maintain these hundreds and hundreds of overseas embassies and I guess USCIS and other things like that overseas. And I saw that diplomats began to be recalled because America couldn't afford to keep up foreign consulates anymore. I saw embassies closing and I saw some military bases also closed. America came home, she pulled back. She could not maintain the cost of her long arms and so she hacked some of them off herself. And then I saw that people went overseas with just what they could carry. They relocated at their own cost in an orderly manner, meaning that those who relocated in the earlier years were able to take more things with them. And then in later years, people just ran helter skelter, wherever was the closest, wherever would receive them, wherever was most affordable. They ran into diaspora and America became abandoned, empty, and falling into incredible natural and physical disrepair.
And that is the prophetic word that I received, the second half of a two-part prophecy that I received from the Lord, two separate words on April the 15th. This one is called Diaspora, where God says that he will specifically repay the evil of slavery that has plagued this nation in the past, a wound that he says is not healed, and he is touched with that wound, and he will repay and if there is anything in this prophecy that you did not understand, I will leave links of past prophecies so that you can go and do the necessary due diligence because it is not at no cost that I bring these prophetic words. They are not the easiest to handle. They're not the easiest to bring out, but they are the Lord's truth. And my zeal for God is so great that I will not leave out anything of what he has said. And so as I will continue in this vein, for he has given me at least three messages on this, I will bring the scriptures where he talks about being scattered and bowing down to go and serve enemies and bring you to the border of your land and judge you and cross you over. There are very many places in the scripture where this theme is repeated and repeated and repeated and God has given me those verses and I will do a thorough job and bring the fullness of God's thoughts, God's minds, and God's um, expression to bear so that the hearer can hear and the listener can listen. I am Celestial and this is the Master's Voice. Thank you for being with me and until I see you again, goodbye. <laughs>